0: When God created the human race in His image, He wanted to be close to every single person. He wanted all of us to experience His divine presence. Adam and Eve were doing very well until they stepped aside and they walked away from the very presence. Of God. So one day, God gave a directive to the nation, and in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, he said, Now I want you to go out and build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. So they went out and they built a tabernacle in the wilderness. Then, later on, they build this temple, Solomon's temple, and God says in Exodus 25, he talks about something happening within this temple. Notice here is a, a picture of the temple itself that he built, pretty cool. And then the next one, this is this uh, court that we hear about a lot of time, people meeting in the court. And from there, they would go in. This was the holy place. And then back here was like this holy of holies. And in Exodus chapter 25, he actually says that I will meet, With you, talk to you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hovers over the Ark of the Covenant. So God says, I'm going to have you build this ark, and I want you to put the ark into this room and have two cherubim that are down with their wings open looking at each other and the gold covering, and this would be the mercy seat. This is the place of where God would dwell. And for years, when they thought about God dwelling, they all thought about exactly one place and one particular part, the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God was so powerful that they would often take the Ark of the Covenant and they'd go out to battle, and when they had the Ark, they won. And what God was saying was, when you have my presence, you win. And so he, he showed up, and things were going well. However, you had to always go over to that temple to really be close and experience, to some extent, the presence of God. And then, Jesus is on the cross, and as he is dying on the cross, there's a tear, because there was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies with the Holy Place, which actually said, don't even think about going into the Holy of Holies, only the high priest, once a year, went in, offered the sacrifice for all the sins of the people and left. But now on the cross, at the very time where they're offering the sacrifice, over at the temple, the Bible says that the curtain begins to tear. And it tears, it's, it's about that thick. And the, the curtain begins to tear until it now is torn apart and what god was saying i want everyone that knows me to come on in come on in to my presence and enjoy me on a personal level hallelujah so something dramatic happens under what we talk about as the new covenant. Say that, new, new covenant. It's new because it's new. In Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse number 18, and here the Apostle Paul is making a distinction that there's not one Group that is got an edge on God that the Gentiles and the Jews and they're kind of all together but in the context of talking about us all being equal before God he kind of gives us a wide open picture of what happens when we come to Christ everybody still here I feel pumped today everybody excited I don't think it's because I have off tomorrow how many have off tomorrow Okay. Well, I think it's Jesus. Hey, was that worship good this morning? Wow. Verse 18, now, 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 all of us, Jews, Gentiles, Brazilians, (laughs) Russians, a lot of people from the Philippines in the first service, Now, all of us, welcome back, Irina, from Russia and Germany and all those places. Now, all of us, all of us, can come to the Father, all, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, mean people, anyway, all of us, now, Come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now, now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You, us, we, are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You're members of God's family. Together we are His house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Next couple verses, read it out loud. Hit it. We are carefully... ...joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Verse 20. Him, the Gentiles are also being made part of the dwelling of God lives by his spirit. So the last line there says, dwelling, dwelling... You Gentile guys, how many are Gentiles? Let me see your hand. Okay, only a couple hands. If you're not Jewish, you are a Gentile. Raise your hand high. Okay, got a got a a church full of Gentiles. Do that again. So this is for us. We're included. So in verse 22, he says that talks about us being part of the dwelling where God lives by his spirit. He's talking about now that we have the opportunity to be the dwelling place of God himself. And he says that we are dwelling, he is dwelling in us by the Holy Spirit. So that now each one of us are carriers, we are now carriers of the divine presence of all Mighty God. We now have a unique experience with God. Back under the old covenant, you came into a building because God was in the building, because God was in the temple. And Stephen stands up in Acts chapter 7 and tells these uh, Pharisees that God doesn't dwell in buildings, and they killed him. And the truth is, God doesn't dwell in buildings because it's a building. We are the building. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, he says, right here, he says, but you know, but you know... <laughs> But you it 's almost like they know, but they don 't know he said but you, but you know that your body yourselves are god 's temple, and that god 's spirit dwells in your midst, and we have to be reminded of that because we 're special. When we come to Christ, we not only have our sins forgiven, and sometimes we focus so much on our sins forgiven like like the things of the past, and we forget the things of the future like of who we are, that now, because there was a tear in the curtain and Jesus rose from the dead, now something has happened to us that we are carrying the the presence of the Lord inside of us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A.W. Tozer, great writer, if you've never read some of his work, and he talks about the fact that God is here. And he said, I don't know whether David was trying to say that God wasn't there and then he learned he was. But the truth is, God is here. And he says, no point is nearer to God than any other point. So wherever you go, God is here. And we don't have to think God is far away. He's in heaven. I'm I'm far away. Tozer says, God is here. And that when it says that we are drawn near to him, it's not talking about God like like moving his location. Well, God's going to run over here and he's going to be closer. No, he's close. It's that when I open my heart, then he can embrace me, so then he's drawing. But he's not coming running after me. He's right there. God is here. And God is near. And he wants us to experience intimacy, not religion, not focused on just what we do, but who we are, our being in him. And he wants us to be aware that he is present in our troubles, present in our chaos, present in our problems, And that the problem should not cause us to somehow expunge him from being there. Because he is there. And you may be in such a situation that it is horrendous and has shaken you. But the good news today, if you're a follower of Christ, he is with you. And you may not feel it. And we don't feel it every day or every moment. But I don't, I don't feel gravity. If I jump from a building, it is there. <laughs> you may not feel it, but does, it does not say he's not there. Because he is there right now. Anyone who has studied... In detail, and my dad was a student of the Reformation I have always books, and I mean there are lines of books on the Reformation, and I love reading about the Reformation of the 16th century. And you'll remember, being theologians, that the main thing of the Reformation that happened was the fact that followers of Christ came to understand more clearly they didn't have to go to a priest for forgiveness. They didn't need a mediator other than Christ. And so it was a relearning of the fact that while the Levites were the priests under the old covenant, and don't you go in there, don't, you'll die. Are you a part of the priests and the Levites? No, don't even think about it. But under Jesus because of the tear in the in the curtain now we have access and the curtain said when it was pulled back come on in and peter the great apostle peter says that do you know who you are he says but you're chosen you're called stand up, be confident, you're called, you are called, and then he says that you are a royal priest, now there's something kingly about you, because we are sons of the king and daughters of the king, we belong to Jesus, and we're part of his family, his royal family, not in ourselves, but who. He is, and what he has done in our life, we now are kingly. And in Exodus nineteen, he talked about having a kingdom of priests. And in Revelation, that we are all a kingdom of priests unto, unto the Lord, and that also we are not only priests, but now we are holy. We have the United States. Of America that is a nation, but we are in a new nation, and the nation is a holy nation that now I belong to the Lord. And when all these things look good, well, that looks good, and I could do that. Wait a minute. I am a part of a nation, and it's God's nation, and I am holy, and I'm separated from all that stuff, and I belong to Christ, and... I'm special, 1 Peter 2, 9, God's special. And then he says, he says, Knowing now, under the new covenant, now you are called to give praises to the Lord. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous or wonderful light to praise the Lord. A restaurant primarily deals with food. If you go to a filling station, they deal with fuel. If you go to a bank, the main deal has to do with money. And the main deal for all of us, that we have been created to dwell in his presence and pursue his presence And one of the significant ways I pursue and I experience not only the presence of God, but the manifested presence of God. And that's what happens when we begin to praise the Lord. Sometimes it's out loud and sometimes it is in our hearts. And all of it is praise. And it's thanksgiving unto God, and it cultivates the presence of the Lord. And Psalm 1611 says, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we have to bring the presence of the Lord into our homes. Because we are the collective group of what we are in our homes. And if the presence of the Lord is in our homes, then we can live out the presence wherever we are. I used to get up in the morning and the first thing I'd do is I would listen to the news. We all want to be educated. I do that at night now. I used to love to study financial markets and stocks, and I'd have CNBC, and boy, it would, the market is up, the market's down, and what stock? But I got saved and started to actually turn on Sister Pandora and begin to. How many are familiar with Pandora? How many? Do I have the. Am I in. China or how many have Pandora or okay not everyone Pandora how do I describe that they have music so early this morning Judy gets up the alarm goes off at 530 and sometimes you're not sure you're saved at 530 and I'd say I got to preach today I better be saved so sister Pandora came on the whole house And the praise started to go on. So it creates an atmosphere of praise. Because our hearts are crying out to praise. Our hearts that love Jesus want to praise the Lord. And then I have started not too long ago. I'm a little slow on some of these things. But... uh, i tell you, if you want to lift more weights and you want to work a little harder at the road deal, you know, something happens when you kind of get in the presence of the Lord. And I, I got this song, it just hit me. How many know some songs just really hit you and like, oh my God, I'm going to heaven right now. <laughs> and I, uh, so the other day I, I was at the gym and I, I got this song on. And I'm telling you, I almost didn't show up here today, Uh, and I I just put it on, and... uh... Walking through the neighborhood, to the road. up one street and down the other street. I
1: shall hold to God alone for His love. I salvage me. For His love.
0: I set me free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Something about walking around praising the Lord that does something to you. Better than the stock market and better than the news. Something happens when you begin to have the presence of God comes into your life and we begin to sense the presence of God that he is real, that he is powerful, that now... Now He is living inside of us. And we are pursuing His presence. We are pursuing what God has for us. That we are lifting our hands. That we are stopping our praising of our problems. Often we think of our problems. We get up in the morning. And we begin to praise our problems. And we begin to think about our problems. And we begin to lift up our problems. And our problems become our God. And we think it in the middle of the night. And we praise our problems. And we praise our problems. And we praise our problems. problems until our minds, watch your mind, your mind will drive you crazy with problems because I find with my mind it will think about something and it thinks about it again and again and again and again. I'm saying, my God, what's wrong with my mind? It's not a matter of praising. It's what you're going to praise, who you're going to praise. And the enemy wants us to praise our problems. Go out to dinner or lunch or the kitchen breakfast table and talk about our problems and we have to solve problems but there's a difference between lifting up our problems and praising the Lord of our problems when I have praise in the presence of God happening in my home and I come in here I bring presence of the lord and when one person comes and has the presence because they have been praising they have been elevated from praising their problems to praise the lord of their problems after a while a church family will become a people where the presence is always there, we become a present-oriented congregation where we are praising the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. When we are presence-centered as a church and people come in on our congregation here and they walk into the building, they walk in here, What is significant is they sense our love, and they sense that they are accepted, and then they say something different about that church. And the difference is not that we're slick or cool, although we may be cool, but (laughs) the truth is... That in this place, this building doesn't have the presence of God because of the building or those lights. But it's the people in the building Amen. who are praise-centered. So a church becomes presence-centered and we become praisers at a whole different level. Praising the Lord, glorifying the Lord. About three weeks ago, out of nowhere, I felt like the Lord's gave me the word healings. And I woke up one morning, and the verse came to me in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, and every day since then, almost every day, that Acts ten thirty-eight keeps coming up, 10, 38. Then it popped up again and again and again and again about Jesus anointed by the Holy Spirit, Jesus of Nazareth, and he was going around doing good and healing, say that word, and healing, say it again, healing, say it louder, healing. Say it again, healing, not debilitating, not damaging, not insulting, healing, healing. All that were oppressed by our number one enemy, which is Satan himself. And he comes not to set us free. He comes to make sin look wonderful. And then he binds us in oppression. And we have to be healed. And Jesus came to heal. So last Wednesday night, I felt like the Lord said, get up there and talk about being healed. And I did. And there was, I learned... After the service, we were believing for healings. We had the altars full. I mean, we were like fired up. Then I learned just a couple days ago, there was a couple brothers came down. They came to Christ. We had a lot of people come to Christ. And Pastor Dave told me after that, after they were in the back, uh, Tom um, LeBron... Came and said, My son has been blind in his left eye since he was two years old. Will you pray with him? And JT and Dave got in the back and they're praying for him. And he he did say this he said, I started to see on the periphery of my eye some light started to come in. And I thought, what if this is a movement? where no sickness is safe. Where no oppression can coexist. What if our meetings went to another, another whole level that we have never experienced in the history of our church? What if something happened here that has never been recorded before? What if we were, we were in a part of a movement when we come together that we are expecting that not only we are meeting together and we're cool, but we are meeting together and we're believing that whatever sickness is trying to stay in us, that this is the moment. Oh yes, I may have prayed 10,000 times, but I'm not gonna stop praying and I don't understand all that, but I do know Jesus is the healer. I do know that. I know, I know Jesus is the healer. And I do know that he wants to do things that we have never expected, and I do know that when we go to another level in praise and worship, it brings in the presence of God at a whole different level. I also know that we're living in a culture of being a spectator. Watch, look, and listen. And in typical church, if you bring your body, that's great. And we live in a culture where if I don't feel it, I'm not going to do it. So I'm going through great problems, and and there are times that we're so incapacitated, and I'm not marginalizing those because I've been in two. It's very easy for us not to feel it. It's very easy to come to a meeting and come to a meeting and come to a meeting, and we begin to think, well, we got the praise leaders up here. And wasn't that good on Sunday? And aren't they doing great? And praise God, it was a good, it was a good day. Not understanding that they're, they're not to replace any one of us that Maybe we need to see this as every person is a leader of worship so that you're standing there and you got two people on one side or the other, and they're not moving. They're like, and we don't know what happened to them, but they lost something. But maybe when you get fired up and you begin to praise God, maybe this person will say, oh my God, I guess they praise God in this place. And maybe this place, this person will get charged up. What would happen if every person in every chair was the praise leader and you begin to praise God? And, and what happens is we go from maybe being here, and we're pretty good let me tell you, there's a whole vista, a place we've never been before. There's a place we've never been before. And there is more of his presence. There's more of his power. There's more of his love. There's more of for his forgiveness, and there's more of his glory. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9 says, The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And what he is saying is there was, a, there was the glory, and you see when they in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, they dedicate the temple, Solomon's temple. The glory comes down with a fire. It's not a different glory. Solomon didn't say, well, you got one glory, we got a glory. No, we have the glory of heaven. So that when we begin to praise God, we enter into a realm that is off the chain. It's off our radar. It's off what we expect and God shows up but I'll tell you if I'm not if I don't have any presence in my house and my house is the presence of problems and I come and I stand, ladies and gentlemen, you're gonna come for the next fifty years. I'm glad you came. Well let me say there's more and sometimes when you're standing there and you don't feel anything, sometimes just going like, praise God. Praise God. I came in this morning, we, I had that song when we played, and I'm telling you, the manifested presence was in our car. I'm not sure whether Judy closed her eyes, she was driving. I didn't look, but I I tell you, I don't know what the other car is, but I had my hand up, and the presence of God came down. There's nothing like the manifest presence of the Lord. And our value is his presence. If we go to a small group in a community in a house, hope the food is good. I hope the koinonia is great. But better than koinonia and corn on the cob is the presence of God where you leave that house and say, I don't know what Bob and Jane do in their house, but, geez, I feel feel something was there. There's a glory that's beyond words. There's a presence that supersedes our humanness. I mentioned on Wednesday night that several months ago, someone called and said, would you meet with me? And I didn't know this person, and I was busy, and I said no. I got up the next morning getting ready, and the Lord said, you know that lady was trying to meet with you? I sent her here. I said, oh, my goodness, I missed that one called her back sat down with her for an hour and Tamron Clintworth is her name I can tell you the presence of the Lord was so incredible as she was just talking the presence of God was on her she starts to tell me a story how she's she trained to be a lawyer gone to law school And she went to a crusade with Reinhard Bonnke. She's from South Africa, by the way, Cape Town. And she's this lawyer-to-be. She's in this crowd. And the Lord saves her. And he tells her, you're gonna do crusades all around the world. I'm telling you, she is like, oh my God. And keep those pictures up there. And I mean, I could tell you story after story. There's one guy, Uthias. A young boy had a tumor behind his eye and blind. God just like, I mean, he's he can deal with tumors. It was gone. Eyesight came back like that. And I thought, wow, I don't even think she does many of these deals. And I thought, can't have her on Sunday because this thing is going to break out. So last Wednesday I said, this is pregame. And We're going to have another pregame this coming Wednesday night. Youth are going to lead in worship. And uh, I want to ask everybody to bring somebody that's sick. Don't just bring somebody. Bring somebody sick, really sick. Because I'm going to believe blind eyes can open, deaf ears. Eyes can open, deaf ears can be healed. You know what I'm looking for, especially, this is my... A big one is cancer. As Darlene said, I hate cancer. But I'm telling you, we are going to see people where the doctor says, hey, you, you're going to die. And they should die because of cancer. And we're going to say, no, they're not going to die. They're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. We're not going where we have been. We are not going to repeat history. We're going to see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit right here in this place. And now is the time, and Jesus is ready and welling. He tore the curtain. He said, come on in. And he said, listen, I want you to bask in my presence. I want you to be a church where presence, my presence is everywhere, wherever you go, any house you go into, any apartment you go into, that the presence of the Lord was, is there. And that when the presence of the Lord is upon us, our automatic thing is that we become instruments of Jesus. And as Jesus went around, now we go around. And we are not asking just the pastors to pray. We have hands. We have Jesus inside of us. And everybody becomes an agent of Jesus And after a while, you have a church rising up. Nobody can stop it because we are Jesus to our city and our community. Ladies and gentlemen, the time is now. And he's alerting us to get ready. In the first service, we went crazy. We had an Amber Alert. Things are going off. I'm trying to preach. Did you hear the Amber Alert this morning? Yeah. Went off in here. So, you know, I take everything for God. I said, well, I guess He's alerting us to lay hands on the sick and pray and believe. Hallelujah. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, in our house, in our house, Jesus, the healer, is coming in. In our house. In our house, in our house, a level of praise is coming in. It's a level of praise. And by the way, thank God for all of our leaders here of worship. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 loudly and if you want to you can lift your hands if you want to sing it loudly We thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, that you are the healer, and that you went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. And we believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That what you did, in some cases, to our mother, our father, or a friend, that you can do it for us. And we're asking that you would come on this Sunday in Orlando, Florida, where people have gathered together under your name. Whatever the malady, we're asking that you would come and demonstrate your power. As you healed the blind man on the way to Jericho. As you healed and touched the leper and they were instantly made well. How you turned the water into wine. And how you were able to take people that could not hear. And you open their ears. Jesus, we believe that you're the same yesterday and today. Forgive us for our unbelief. I ask, Lord, that you would heal broken hearts from divorce, abandonment, and betrayal. I pray that you will heal minds that are full of memories that are destructive. I pray, Lord, that you'll you'll heal the hand, the arm and the shoulder of the person that right now lifts their hand to you, that it won't be just a lifting of the hand. Pray that you would heal shoulders right now. I pray that you'll heal necks in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we lift our hands to you and we say, heal our whole bodies. Jesus, we don't know even what we need to be healed of, but come and heal us. Lord, you didn't, you didn't even scream when you touch people. You just touched them and the, and the power is what made a loud noise. So Lord, in the quietness of this moment, let your power touch your people. Just say this out loud. I declare, I declare my, healing now my healing now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I, declare I declare that Jesus is my healer and I receive right now. So you just begin to thank him and clap your hands and shout. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you. Thank you Thank you, Lord. Sickness can't stay any longer. Go ahead, sing it. I felt like uh, this thing of arthritis. I don't know who has arthritis, but we're declaring that arthritis is off-premises. I'm declaring Ed Jordan is healed, right there. Ed Jordan is healed in the name of Jesus. Let's say it together. Ed Jordan is healed in the name of Jesus. And arthritis, if you can't move something, move it. In the name of Jesus, I'm getting stuff on shoulders, shoulders in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, the greatest miracle is when one person opens their heart to Christ and says, I need you, and I want to forgive you of your sins. I wish I could describe to you the power of grace. I can't. It's so powerful. It's beyond words and feeling. It just simply we don't get what we deserve. We do the wrong thing, and God says, you come to me, and I'll forgive you and give you a new life. And the cross, Jesus took our sickness, and he took our sin. And he made it possible for everyone to be pardoned. Doesn't matter what your background is, you can be pardoned. And just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you need to be pardoned uh, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe your first time in a meeting like this, or maybe you've been a religious person since you, you know, came into a church years ago, but forgiveness is where it's at, and you can have it today. Guilt, condemnation is the enemy's insulation to keep you away from Jesus the rest of your life because you feel you're so bad. You can't come to Jesus. Listen, that's why we have the cross, and that's why we have Jesus. I want to count the three. Don't hesitate. Just step out and be courageous. One, two, three. Throw up your hand. Say, I need to be forgiven. Do it, do it, do it, do it, wherever you are. Yes, yes, yes. Do it, do it. Just put it up. i want to ask all those that lifted your hand, walk down the aisle. Stand here. Come. Come, wherever you are. Come to Jesus. Come. Come to Jesus. Do it. Get out. Come to Christ right now. Who else? That's it. That's it. Come. Come. Come to, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Well, we have several that have come. If you didn't come, you can pray this prayer. We're going to ask these friends to pray this prayer from your heart. And Christ will change your life And Pastor Dave is here. Next step is declaration of water baptism. How many we have baptized last week? We had 14 baptized in water last week in our church. Hallelujah. So uh, if you're watching online, uh, you can pray this prayer wherever you are, uh, right there with your computer, your phone, or whatever you have. Uh, Jesus, God is there, and he will meet you hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, There's somebody here in this service. You have done some really bad stuff, okay? And you negated everything I just said because you're going to believe you're a bad guy and it's a guy, okay? You're a bad guy and and you've done bad stuff. And you don't think that you can come to Jesus because you're a bad guy, okay? And you have that attitude and you're in this area right here You have that attitude, and you'll have it it 10 years from now. And you have to just say, yeah, I'm a bad guy, but I'm going to be a good guy in Jesus, okay? So you pray this prayer. I'll be in the guest room. I want to talk to the bad guy, okay? Let's pray this prayer. Is everybody here? Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he's alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, you're in the family. Go with Pastor Dave.